0: What's up everybody, Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. So today we have Robin Koenig on the mic. Robin is the founder and CEO of Rare Find. She's also here today to share with us how pivots are the power steps to your dreams. I love this title because Robin's going to be talking to us about a specific topic that a lot of people find really difficult, which is doing a pivot within your company. So I'm so excited to have her on because we see eye to eye. And actually at the end of this, Robin has an incredible freebie to give away. So Robin, let's hop right in. All right, Robin. So tell us one thing about yourself that most people don't know. Oh,
1: Josh. This is such a fun question because I always think about, there are so many unexpected answers that I could put out there. (laughs) Um, But honestly, one of the things, unless you knew me in my former career um, in in the nonprofit industry, is I was a competitive weightlifter. I was an Olympic weightlifter um, and I started competing at the age of 40. Wow. Wow with no background in sports, never, like, I mean, I played basketball, like, in fifth grade, maybe, but I was a musician, I was, you know, good in academics, and I discovered fitness in my 30s, after going through a divorce, and decided to compete in weightlifting when I hit my 40s, and made it to nationals three times, and yeah, it was, it was quite a journey for me, for about three and a half years, I competed, so... I don't know. Is that a good good something you didn't know?
0: That is a great one. I mean, nobody would know that unless they've uh, they've known you for 30 years. (laughs) That is so awesome. Well, Robin, I love that. Would you give us a little bit of kind of how you came to be where you're at now? I mean, you run the Rare Finds. That's your company, right? So, I mean, would you kind of walk us through the process of how you developed that and then where you're at right now?
1: Sure. Well, I definitely didn't start there. Um, and and the fact is I you know when I graduated college I had a career as a freelance wardrobe stylist so I moved to LA you know raring to go and started doing freelance work working in the entertainment business and also waiting tables and you know everything that anybody that's in entertainment typically does to pay the bills and through the course of about 20 years I went from freelance work to then working for a marketing agency and then working in the corporate environment for about 12 years for a very big brand and then ultimately landed up in a nonprofit organization and was their COO after about 6 years That's and so it was incredible so many different changes and in 2017 i was laid off this was actually my second layoff i had been laid off from my corporate job as well oh uh-huh, no <laughs> and what I realized was that I wanted to just really figure out what I love to do instead of just freaking out and going to get a job, you know, and that was, you know, the instinct. I mean, the gut response was like, oh my gosh, I need a job.
0: <laughs> right. And
1: I just, I, I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, I had gotten to this place of maturity and, um, and I think just gave myself permission to understand what it was that I truly wanted at that point in my life. And so I decided to go and get my credentials in coaching. It was really kind of a self-discovery for me to say, I know some of the things that I love to do, but how do I translate that to a job, an industry, a a business? And I didn't know what that looked like. So it was a progression of conversations with people that I admired that were doing similar things. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to figure this out, but I'm going to start somewhere. So I started coaching and it turned into, you know, evolving the kinds of coaching niches that I was involved in and then ultimately expanding into public speaking and then starting my own podcast. So it's really come to life over the last two and a half years, but it really came down to just, I love helping guide people. I don't want to solve their problems. I don't want to tell them what to do, but I really want to help them understand better that there's a solution and, and help them kind of sort through the, the mess that they yeah. might be dealing in.
0: I love that. And we're going to delve into that pretty heavily, but I have a random question for you here. Mm -hmm. How does one just start coaching? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people say that, "Ah, I'm just going to start coaching. Like uh, what, how did you just start? That's what I'm curious about.
1: Well, first of all, I'm not afraid to try things.
0: So (laughs) (laughs) So risk taker is a huge qualifying factor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But it came down to the fact that I had to trust some of my instinct and rely on the confidence that I had that I I could really be empathetic and a good listener, but the coaching um, institute they went to into IPAC was really about helping you figure out the process of coaching, and that's what it was. So it was kind of like this, you know, combination of me believing so much that what I could do could powerfully impact people, trusting in that, and like going back in time and being like, when have I done this before? When was it right. successful? And then also being like, oh, well, there actually is a process to coaching. And these are some of the guidelines and the ethics and, and understanding the difference between coaching and um, consulting and mentoring, like they are different in many ways. And so understanding that difference and where like, where I didn't want to cross the line, you know, and not that it would be terrible, but like how I wanted to approach it myself. So I just started with some like friends and family and people that I knew could like really benefit from some guidance and then just kind of kept going from there without fear or, well, no, there was fear. There's fear, but (laughs) (laughs) I just kept going. I mean, that's probably the best thing. I just kept doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, I was just kind of, I asked that question because I mean, usually when I'm I'm working with people, they, they're like, I want to be a coach and I'm like, you don't become a coach until somebody says, will you coach me? Because they're going to hand you the money. But like you talked about, you can hop into consulting and, and mentoring from the start. And some people like you who have a huge high risk tolerance are like, I'm going to just hop in head first and do coaching. And you had a lot of experience too, which I think helps you um, in that realm to be able to really launch it that way because a lot of people, I, I run into this a lot, people are like, oh yeah, I've been in business for one year and I'm going to start coaching, you know? It's <laughs> like, so, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, if you made money in your first year or you, you accomplished something in your first year, that's fantastic. But usually you'll become a coach when somebody says, I, I will give you money if you will coach me.
1: And a thousand percent. I mean, like it doesn't exist without another person involved. Right. You know? like, I mean, it's like, it is a two-way street. Um, but also, you know, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast recently with Seth Godin, and he was talking about how um, having an idea, like based on, like doing something based on the result, is a really poor strategy. And because, like, when I'm sure when you started a podcast, when I started a podcast, there were zero listeners. So if you're able to start something knowing you're starting with zero as the result, then then why look at results as being your driving factor? Right. And I thought that was so powerful because that's the case with anybody. If I started my coaching practice, expecting it to start with a hundred clients or 10 clients, like no, I had to start basically with nothing and then grow from there.
0: Right. That, I love that differentiation yeah. because like you're saying it's, and, and this is, if your podcasting is a great example and like you talked about i mean you start with zero listeners it's pretty hard to get your first thousand consistent downloads i think that's kind of the goal most people shoot for is hey if i get a thousand people to download every episode you know i win (laughs) but the cool part like what you're talking about and this is kind of the value of a podcast is you're putting that content out there anyways. So even if you don't have listeners now, one day people are going to start listening to that and you're going to have a year of backlog that they can go through and listen to your podcast over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. It doesn't go away.
0: Yeah. Unless they ban you, right? (laughs) Unless you get kicked off iTunes. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, Well, I love that Robin. Well, so let's talk a little bit about your process. You know, you're talking about really helping people find their gifts and to leverage those to success. So let's talk a little bit about that and your process for, for helping people to succeed that way.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because whenever I do have somebody come and say, you know, this is what I want to change, right? This is the the um, opportunity I have. I want to work on my business life. I want to work on, you know, growing my, um, my skill set or my, you know, expanding my business, whatever. And I love to understand what their goals are, their intentions, but ultimately I tell them that doesn't matter at first because the very first thing we're gonna do is work on you. And I have a philosophy that basically is, you know, you don't have a personal life, a professional life, a family life, a social life. Like you don't have all of these lives. You have one life, right? And so those are different environments with different people and experiences, but how you show up depends on you. So when you work on yourself, you then can even affect change in all of those areas, right? So how you show up, you know, if you're saying you're working on yourself and you want to change how you engage with your team, well, that's also going to have a ripple effect into your personal life. You're going to show up differently in your personal life. You're going to show up differently, you know, in your, um, how you parent or so forth. So I really like to kind of bring it back to them first. That's the first step is like, I call it discovery, Understanding who who they are and what's going on, what might be getting in their way. And then we go into what I call cultivation, right? Now, what do you want to work on? How do we help that grow and evolve? And then the last piece is share. That's the action. You know, we're not going to jump into building a, a new plan of action, how you're going to do something differently until you know how you're currently doing it and understanding is it working for you or not. So that's kind of the progression, but it really stems from that foundational belief that, guarantee you, you're going to affect change in all those areas, but we'll still narrow it down, make sure that they're getting the result that they want to see. And then all of a sudden they start to believe what's possible in like more areas than just that one.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate that. Well, and I think what a lot of people run into, you know, and, and this is, first off, thank you for sharing that process. I love that. When, when, you know, when you deal with a lot of people, they run into this problem of, you know, the sunk cost principle, right? They're saying I've I've already got a month into this business or three months into this business. I I can't stop now, you know, or I've put $5,000 into this business. I can't stop now. But what you're talking about is really helping them leverage where they're at to make changes or pivots as you like to call them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so explain that a little bit, elaborate a little bit on on the pivots and how you're helping people to transition um, towards basically more towards what aligns better with them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I like to say that pivots are the power steps towards your dreams. And the reason I believe that is because change is a really scary thing for most people. A lot of times it's unexpected, but people resist change because it feels very finite. It feels very much like you have to stop doing something and it's like an either or, you know, pick this way or that way. And it creates a lot of fear, which puts people in a place of like non-action, Right. And so when you start to look at it as it's a pivot, right? You're, you're keeping one foot on the ground, right? You're, you're turning, but you're still connected somehow. Then it starts to feel like, okay, well now I've got some flexibility, right? I'm still like, I, I'm not having to give up so much and it's a little bit less scary. And so then they start to change in their mind what that could look like. And it's a stepping stone. Like you're building this bridge to what the next thing could be knowing that this big dream, this opportunity that you want is over here. It's, it might be a zigzag approach. It's not a straight line, but you will get there. And those little pivots are just going to kind of keep guiding you along the way. So it just tends to help people start to relax a little bit more and, and, and just give it a shot, you know, give it more of like, it's a possibility versus a barrier. That's what it's all about. So um, and I like to tell this story, like I, I translated into this theory around flight plans, right? So, you know, you're, you're, you've got a flight plan, it's got a destination in mind. You make a 1% change to that flight plan, and that plane's is going to wind up in a completely different um, destination, but you're barely going to feel the shift. Right. That's what a pivot is.
0: I love that. Well, so what? Um, that's what I'm kind of curious about, because I know like for me, my pivot felt, or it appeared like... It was just a 90, you know, like a 180 degree shift. But what you're really hitting on is really important is that it actually isn't a huge shift. It just takes a little bit of a deviation in the right direction <laughs> to, to really start to see the huge results.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, there's, there's, a, there's something there that you can get from it, that you can learn from it to use it towards that next step. So it doesn't mean you're not taking another step. It's just, this is the current step right? That you're taking, still moving yourself forward. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Coaching is all about moving people forward because once you're stuck, like, you know, that's, it, it, again, it kind of feels bad. It doesn't feel good to be stuck in a place. So moving you forward, even if it's in a slightly different direction, is still forward.
0: Yeah. That is really an important factor, I think. Well, so when you're working with with your clients, right, you, you come in, you help them identify these things. But how exactly, I mean, do you set it up as you sit down with them and, and coach one-on-one or how do you personally work with people?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. Um, it, it is very personal. Um, I have done group programs as well. So, um, but honestly, one of the biggest things is no matter how I'm working with somebody is we need to build a foundation of understanding as to what it is that, like where they wanna go, and also kind of set the the understanding of of where they are, right? So I have a process that I'm actually a certified master practitioner in. It's called the Energy Leadership Index. It's an assessment tool. So, um, and it was ranked by Forbes Business as one of the top 10 assessment tools. It's really cool. What's unique about it is it's an attitudinal assessment. And mm-hmm. so different from a personality test where, you know, you find out some cool things. You're like, Oh, that's totally me. Right. Well, Attitudinal assessment is things that you can change. They're based on your behaviors. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it helps people understand their perspective in, um, different, what we call levels of energy. And that's really about, um, it's a positive perspective or a negative perspective, how you view the world. And so this assessment tools, it's, all data driven. So it's a numbers oriented thing. People that like numbers that want to put like something tangible around their coaching process. It's a great place to start. Um, And it's not judging where they are. It's just saying, okay, well, this is how you show up. This is your approach or perspective. And also this is how you respond to stress. So it measures both of those things. And then we have a conversation about it just to say, this is what I understand because I'll debrief them. I give them the information and then, how is this serving you? Like, when does this show up? And, and how is this serving you? Is this an area that you'd like to change? And then we just kind of start from there. And it creates this really nice common language as well. But also, it, it creates a lot of ahas for them to get started.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a really interesting assessment because <clears throat> I've, I've struggled with that with personalities. My parents are heavily into personality types. And a lot of the people, I mean, in my MBA, that's like all they talk about is the DISC assessment. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. But a lot of times... It doesn't really truly give you actionable steps. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying is the attitudinal assessment will essentially say, this is what you need to change. But then is it the coach that kind of helps them identify where to apply that?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's not even about need to change. Again, it goes back to like, it's not good or bad. It's just, is it working? Is it working for you and what you want to accomplish? Um, And so I, I help them understand the information, literally just like, here's what this means. And, you know, when do you see this maybe showing up this way? Or what are your thoughts around this? And it just kind of helps them think a little bit more dive a little bit deeper.
0: And then again, just
1: kind of say, okay, if you were to affect change on this, what would that look like? And, you know, it's like, I'm not telling them if they should do it. But at the end of the day, if they feel compelled to do that, awesome. Then let's start working on that. Let's build a plan to, you know, make that change for you.
0: See, I I feel like that is gold and that's true coaching at its best or mentoring really at its best, you know, is saying, Hey, like, here's, here's some things you could fix. And then it's your job as the coach to say, these are some of the things that really would um, help you, you know, to be able to succeed. And what's really interesting is sometimes you'd probably have to sacrifice the good for the better, I would assume, right? Like, Hey, this is a good trait, but if you'll up at a notch or something, that's going to help you become even better and, and really maximize on your strengths.
1: Yeah. And you know what? And people are so hard on themselves, to be honest. I mean, it's one of the, one of the biggest things is, is, you know, the judgment we put on ourselves, you know, is that good enough? Am I smart enough? Is this successful enough or whatever? And so it's just kind of understanding where do they, you know, kind of sit in that definition. And if they have some of those self doubts or things like, what is that preventing them from doing, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, it's not about my success. It's not about my result. It's really about what they want to accomplish and how they define that too. Because everybody looks at success and progress differently.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. That is so awesome. Well, and I love that process. And for a lot of people, I mean, do you find with most of your clients that they have to make multiple pivots? Or is it one of those things where you make the one correct pivot and you're good to go?
1: It's it's totally diverse, to be honest. You know, some people it's just like it's just like maybe one thing that they just didn't know. And it kept coming back and kept coming back. That was getting in their way of making a decision. Um, And then for some people, it's kind of like, man, they've got a really big goal and where they're starting. It's, it's going to take some time. So, you know, I've had, I've had, um, you know, small business owners be like in a year, you know, really change what they're doing in their business and be so excited about it. But that might not have even been what they were intending to do when we first started working together, you know? And, and again, that's the beauty of it. Or come back and say, wow, all this stuff I've been doing with my team is awesome. But by the way, my relationship with my wife is so much better.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> you know, and then that's like phenomenal because that's showing that they're working on themselves. They're putting the time and energy into that self-awareness. And when that shows up even more so, it's going to create that impact
0: everywhere. Wow. That is Awesome. Couldn't word it better myself, taking notes over here. <laughs> well, Robin, that was so much, you gave so much value just in that short little episode that we had, but I do want to ask you, first off, how can people connect with you?
1: Sure. So my website is robinkoenig.com. So that's a pretty simple place to go to find me, my speaking, coaching, podcast, all of that fun stuff. Um, certainly send me an email through the contact form or, you know, hello at com. I do have an Instagram, so at rarefind underscore love is my Instagram handle, and, you know, honestly, I, I think LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways, even if you're not, like, you know, you don't want to do business networking, I think net LinkedIn has just grown so much, so LinkedIn is a great way to also reach out to me, so those are Those are the best ways. I also have a free download. So I'd love to share that with your listeners too, Yeah, because I know how hard it can be to kind of understand the power of coaching. So I I kind of use this as a kickstart opportunity. It's called the five, three, one method. And um, it's just a, a simple worksheet to kind of get people into a really optimistic perspective around understanding what makes them happy and how to play with the possibility of that and turn it into action. So if you text the word possible to three, one, nine, nine, six, then it's a really simple thing. You'll get that free download from me and uh, it could, it could just be what, you know, somebody needs to kind of get them rolling.
0: Awesome. Well, I will put links to all of that in the description as well. So people have access to all of those things and thank you for offering that free download. I think everybody should hop over and do that. I'm going to go do it. Well, Robin, before we sign off though, what's one last parting piece of guidance and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Heart and piece of guidance. Gosh. Um, I would say fear does not have to stop you. That's kind it. of one of the biggest things that I like to, I talk a lot about fear, but man, you know what, when you're able to show up and use it as, um, you know, an opportunity, not let it get in your way. You can pretty much do anything.
0: I love that. Fear does not have to stop you. Well, Robin, thanks so much for coming on the show today and we will catch you later.
1: Thank you, Josh.
0: The number one needle mover in my business is Joint Venture Partnerships. Growing a following can be time-consuming and frustrating. For that reason, we created the Tribe of Titans, the world's first joint venture matching platform. Using this free platform, you can find guests for a podcast, YouTube channel, or Facebook group, or you can promote your brand, product, or service in one simple place. You can create your free account at tribe.theluckytitan.com. Once again, that's tribe.theluckytitan.com.